<laughs> You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. What's up, guys? Big Lou. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. We're in the Hits 101 Radio Studios. And tonight, welcoming back Mr. Fullerton Bike Bicycles himself, Mike Franz. What's up, Big Lou? And, whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah, I know. Let it go. Let it go. Brent, new to the studio. What's up, dude? What's up, Lou? How you doing? It's another day. Another day. Yeah? Not nervous, are you? No, not nervous at all. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other for a while, so uh, it's like just hanging out and uh, drinking a little bit of beer, except for you, Brent, because no uh, you. you're underage. That's right? right. How old are you? 20. Oh, okay. Well, legally in Mexico, you can drink beer at 18. You're legally yeah, legal yeah. there. Yeah, legal legally. There. We're not in Mexico, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or open waters, as they open say. Open waters, yeah, right. Cool. All right, Mike. Let's do it. Let's do it, Lou. Thanks for having us back again. We're family yeah. here. This yeah, is good absolutely, stuff. man. You're, uh, you're top five, so. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> got a new, I got a new program people yeah, can be right. excited about. So, uh,. What are we going to talk about tonight, Mike? I don't know, Lou. This is your show. I just showed you know up, what? man. No, you're, you're my guest. <laughs> the guest decides what they want to talk about. No problem. Uh, I mean, we, we, got, we can talk about the cycle industry. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, all these thieves, man. They're, they're just breaking into a bunch of shops. They're scoping shops out, right? Yep. Um, brick and mortar shops. You know, yeah. We, we got we to gotta, uh, stay loyal and, and help the, uh, the, the cycling community, the local cycling community. Amen. Keep going because... Uh, you know, yeah, you get these giants like Amazon and what else, what, you know, what have you that, uh, you know, offer, you know, killer deals, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, and people can, can do it from their home, right? Yep. It's about, it's about a, a just convenience. Yeah. But um, we're talking, you know, before the show started, what about when you need your bike forked on at 6 o'clock or at 6.45 when the shop's about to close, <laughs> right? I don't think Amazon's going to do that for you. Absolutely not, you know. So, um, you know, do you think it's an uphill battle? Uh, against you know online retailers versus you know the brick and mortar shops. Yeah. I mean, if you really look at the big numbers, so like I looked at some stats worldwide, the internet only equals twelve percent of all retail sales. Okay, but out of that twelve percent, forty five percent comes from Amazon. So that's a big player. They're a monster. They are. You know, and the industry is changing daily. But right now, you know, our economy is going good. I hope all my competitors out there are, are feeling a good last couple months. It's been pretty busy for us, you know. And uh, nice shout out to you know all of the all of our guys out there that are working, you know. But what I'm teaching Brent here as he's grown into this industry is, you know, we have to be the best. And what we want our consumers to understand, Lou, and is we want them to understand that we're there for them. You know, yeah, I love to sell bikes and I want to make money and I support my family and my family's deep. It's not mm-hmm. like my family that that's franzy blood. But all my 15 employees, 18 employees that support their family. Mm-hmm. One of my part-time managers had a baby. You know, they, they, they live lives too. So yeah. we support them. When you look at, you know, what I always like to look at is a couple things. Is A, 
Amazon exists, and I understand the discount thing. I understand, hey, I can get this for $49.99, and it's $54 at your shop, you know? So all I ask is, you know, the consumer, and I get it, they're saving 5 or 10 bucks. you know, go to your local shop, whether it's me, Rock and Road, The Path, Two Wheels on Planet, Rome Cyclery, you know, shout out to all those guys, La Habra, East West, Jax, um, you know, Psychological. Path, psychological. Yeah. I mean, anybody out there, Jensen, well, not Jensen, they're, they're a dealer, but you know what I mean? Well, Local retails. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Mike, uh, how many like brick and mortar like like shops like that are you know, in Orange County? So I've counted it. I think we got about 20. 20. You know, 20 core shops that really exist, you know, Phoenix and Orange Cycle and the you Cyclery. Know, Cyclery, 3H. you know, 3H, Ugo. I mean, there's, there's about 20, 25 shops. Mm-hmm. So here's the, the real numbers. So I came into this business in 2003. And in 2003, there was estimated through Bicycle Retailer about 12,000 or 13,000 brick-and-mortar bike shops in USA. The last number I heard, ready for this? Okay. We're down to 6,000 retailers. So that's what, half? About half. Wow. About and because half. of online? Just various things. Uh, well, so, the last time you came on the show, we, we talked about... Uh, um, the BMX bikes, right? Where, uh, you know, you had a but you, you sold a bunch of them, and all of a sudden you saw a big drop in, overnight, and yeah, and and uh, sales of, of BMX right. bikes. Uh, technology could be a tribute to that to that decline in, in, in sales because now kids are gamers, and you sure. know now they, now they're seeing that they can make they can make a living, they can make money on gaming. Yeah, yeah it's not cool to ride bikes anymore, right? Really, as a kid, yeah. And kids want to become YouTubers. I'm going to become a YouTuber, like, right? What? That yeah. didn't exist, dude. <laughs> well, you know, and I think I think parenting has changed as well. Where before parents would let you go out in the street and go play with your friends and you know whatever. Now, you know, I think they want to coddle their kids more. Like, oh no, you know, Junior, come over here. You know, you you know, I don't want you outside. There's a lot of weird people, whatever. And, and I think that that kind of you know, kind of puts a halt to the kids' freedom to go run around like the like like kind of what you used to, right? Right. And you know, if you look at it, so there's two things here. A, as far as like a child out there. Technically, as far as a parent, worse, our kids are safer today because they have cell phones. Mm-hmm. I can track my, you can track them anytime, anywhere. Obviously, we got to worry about the psychos and the people out paying attention. I mean, I get that's a whole separate, separate conversation. Right. But back to the bike industry thing, you know, which is the decline has been, you know, in the juvenile market. And we're very thankful for guys like Nike and Over the Hump doing a great job entitling and, and wanting to embrace this community of young kids. So that's a start. The second thing, back to the original question, you know, about the 6,000 brick-and-mortar bike shops, I was thinking about this. Like, I've witnessed core shops in the last three years. And for what it is, you know, mismanaged, I don't want to point any fingers or anything, we've had Coat Cyclery close after 50 years of business. Mm-hmm. Corey's a great human, a great business guy. It just, he couldn't compete. Uh, bike Religion, Dana Point, mm-hmm. they're cooked. Long Beach Cyclery, he's out of business, you know. There's more. Yeah. So, like, local shops in our community. So my question is, you know, like I like to, to talk to my customers and as I teach Brent and even my, my employees is like, you know, if a guy wants the deal, I get that, Lou. I yeah. understand that. Okay? Everybody wants a deal. I want a deal. Sure. But what about, loyal, what about loyalty? <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey. What about loyalty? Right. So let's take all of our core shops here in Orange County. We know who they are. We all invest money in our local community, correct? Mm-hmm. Over the hump. I mean, that's not, we don't go there for free. Right. You know, we got to pay Matt money and give him prizes and it's a great event. Plus my time. People that work for us, you know, there's money involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we do special events. Tawny does special events. Tawny does, you know, the Christmas ride. Well, you do anything with Tawny, he's got a food spread. He's got a barbecue. He's got beers. You're hanging out. You know, Matt Road does special events. 
Kristen at, at Pure Ride. You know, we all do it. That all costs money, mm-hmm. a lot of money. But we have to do it to do business. What does Amazon do for him? What does the online retailer do for him? Not a dang thing. Nothing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's a good sound effect right there. (laughs) Thank you, sir. So, Mike, you know, so the thing is, you know, what I always tell people is like, look. People don't see that, though, Mike. Well, they need to. Yeah. And we, you know, and. and They're they're like, they have their blinders on. They're like this. And it's unfortunate. Right. You know, and I've always told a lot of my core customers, I get it. Give me a chance first. And I guarantee you, I speak for all the bike shops we've mentioned. If you go to your connection there and say, hey, look, dude, I found this Fox Fork on Amazon or wherever they found it for 800 bucks, and it's a $900 retail. You know what? At least ask us. Give us a shot. Because a lot of times I've done this is I've gone back to manufacturer and said, hey, look, man, I got a guy who wants to buy this Grupo. Can you give me some love? Because they want to sell it locally. They make money. They're not making, you know, the corporate's making it, but the local guy's not making any money. Mm-hmm. So if Brent's got a guy in there grinding him on a, on a Shimano Grupo, you know, if we go to Shimano and say, hey, you know, can we work something out and give us some help? They're going to, they want the local companies want us to survive and succeed. And they'll work with us. Mm-hmm. Just give us that chance. Right. You know, that's what I ask the customer. And I, I know I speak for all those shops, Lou. You know, give your local shop a chance. We are there for them day in and day out. You don't get a relationship from going to Amazon. You don't make friends and you don't build a community. They don't do bike right. rides, yep, right? Go, no. no. They're no not going to do a Mike's birthday ride no. past my birthday. <laughs> They're not going to be at Legion Brews <laughs> no. October 12th. They better not be. I'll stick my boy Big B on them. You know what I'm saying? That's Brother B. Brother B. Yeah, they're going to be their SSB. That's that's my boy. Yeah, he was on your show too. Much respect. Yeah, yeah. Guy's uh, guy's one of my homies. He's a, he's a top fiver. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but Big B's top fiver. And he's, and he's racing next Tuesday. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Time out. <laughs> Big B's race? Or wait, Brother B's racing? Brother, Brother B. Brother B. B. Oh, oh man. Uncle B to me. Uncle you know B what? Me. Yeah. So here's the deal. Just explain this to the community right now. SSBMTB, you know, family, good people. He's out there. You know, he's an entrepreneur. He's done well. And uh, he just likes to give back. So a lot of respect for the guy like that, you know. He's 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 crazy. He's fun. But he's all about the community, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's good for us. So once again, local community, local support, right? Yep. He's at over the hump. So he's giving product away to guys that race there. So his goal is to get into the local shops, whether mm-hmm. it be Rock and Road, The Path. He's not going to make a million off his product. He no. knows that. But he's giving back to the community, mm-hmm. you know. And just for the record, I'm the only one that can call him Brother B. Okay. Okay. You guys are all B. Brent's earned Uncle. Uncle B. Uncle B. That's just the way it works, brother. <laughs> but they're good people. But that, you know, so they support the community. Yes. You know. And I learned one time I was talking to Matt Ford, and I won't mention this shop's name, but he said something <laughs> about a shop. No, Matt Matt did. To me. Okay, okay. And we're at over the hump. And he's like, you know, we all support all these companies that are here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. We're competitors, and I want to sell more bikes. And you know, I get it. I get the whole thing. But we're all in the community together, and that's what it's all about. Because a rising tide floats all ships, right? And if we all work together, the community and continue, you know, everybody's going to see the benefits. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we all win, right? Yep. End of story. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And especially Orange County, where it's really. Really dense in cycling, you know. I think that's um, it's like one of the wealthiest counties for cycling. Then you know, probably in all of California, I think. Yeah, and so. I mean, I just—it's just funny. I'm not going to slam anybody, but I was on Instagram before I pulled in, and I got a cat out there. Uh, Mike Russell knows him. I'll call him out. He's another homie, good top fiver for life for sure. Freaking, I hooked this guy up. I given him deals. I warranted stuff for him. I noticed he just got his wife just got a live bike. Mm-hmm. You know, brand new, like you know. 
all the work I've done for this guy. Come give me a shot. That's all I ask. So he went to another shop. Who knows where? But okay. you know, not cool. Yeah, not cool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like I said, I can see if, if we have a good relationship. Give me a shot. Hey yeah. man, somebody's got it for this, or I get it for here. Can you match it? If I say no, then the onus is back on me. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you're, you're the final say anyway. Right. So but it's just you know, I think it's respect. <laughs> you know, yeah, and absolutely. And I think you know, talking about before we started the podcast and bringing up kids and children today, you know, that just comes from the way I was brought up, as you were brought up, you know? Your, your family, you're Hispanic. You guys have some core roots. You have some traditions that have passed on your entire legacy. Mm. I'm an Italian guy. My father, God rest his soul, man, he was all about respect. And one thing I learned from my father, and I always talk just to Brant and Melanie, and, and, you know, it's like nobody really cares about what you did. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't care if I'm the national champion. They don't care if I have first place at Over the Hump and BMX. None of that matters. What they matter is how you treat them, how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if I fail doing that or we fail, then shame on us. Yeah. Our goal is to make everybody feel good. Mm-hmm. Are we going to set the standard high? Yes. Are we going to not always get there? Absolutely. But I don't wake up in the morning, nor hopefully none of my staff or any of the bike shop owners that I know, so that guy, we're going to do a crappy job today. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not t- hey, Brent, tomorrow when you're working on that TCR, don't do a good job for that customer. Yeah. <laughs> he smells. He wears green pants. Yeah, I mean, and don't don't greet them, you know. Yeah. Just kind of ignore them when they ignore come them. in. Absolutely, you know. I, so, I, I think uh, um, kind of going to the shop, you know, uh, as, as the owner, as a shop owner, it's the owner's responsibility to make sure that the, the staff, anytime somebody comes in, that they get greeted. Because I think sometimes people, and I've seen, I've seen, I read it on, on Facebook, social media, whatever, like, Oh, I went to the shop and, you know, nobody greeted me. I just, or they're like, you know, they, they talk down to me. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I think uh, uh, some of the shops, you know, all over California or all over, you know, the U.S. have yeah. that, that bad reputation of, you know, like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, people in the bike industry have egos. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, especially somebody new to, to cycling, yeah. they sense that. That's going to, it's going to scare them away. So I think um, you have to really, Take care of the, you know, you know. Anybody comes through the door, man. There's a, there's a potential, to, potential. Uh, for a sale. Right. Yep. So and, and for and for building a long lasting relationship. They could come in buying a entry level five hundred dollar mountain bike, and then in a couple months buy a road bike, the upgrade by another more expensive mountain bike, and now yeah. they're, that's their full time hobby. Yeah, and, and they know like, oh, where's Brent at? I want to talk to Brent. Yep. Because now they know that you treated them well. You, yeah, exactly. You you greeted them. You know, I, I think that's a customer service. Is you know. It's it's such a different, you know, world that the kids of today grow up in versus what, you know, guy my age, I'm 55 years old, you know, what I experienced. But you're right. And making a person feel good is what makes the biggest difference ever. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Acknowledge them. You know, like, and what Brent stated, you know, is it's grassroots. So let's just start them off. You know, everybody started somewhere. You mm-hmm. know, nobody walked into any bike shop in America as a beginner and bought a twelve thousand dollar S Works or whatever top of the line bike and became an overnight success. Right. Everybody started somewhere. That guy just started with more money. You know, mm-hmm. God bless him. We sold him. We've done him. But everybody started somewhere. Brian Gordon, Victor Sheldon, Brandon Gritters. Well, that guy's a knucklehead, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Gritters. Yeah. I know you're on here. You gave me no love, so it's back at you, bro. <laughs> yeah. But the point is. They started there, and you never know where you're going to be. Right. Right? We don't know where they're going to be. Our goal is we love bikes. It's our passion. It's what I've done my entire life is to welcome that customer in, treat them well, and help make cycling a part of their life. Yeah, bikes are fun. We want them to see that bikes are fun. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, for me as a father whose son rides, you know, 
when we started Brent racing BMX, you know, that was on him. And sure, I was the, you know, the, the dick dad. You got to win. You got to win the national. You're going to be the next Donnie Robinson's, do Tom, whatever. But <laughs> the point is, at a certain point, I'm like, Brent, it's up to you. You know, if you don't want to ride bikes, I won't support you. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. You're my kid. I love you. You do what you want to do. He mm. elected to ride bikes. So for me, it's really cool to see Brent, you know, as I was as a child. Right. Because he wants to do it, not because of me now. You know, he's 20 years old. If he wants to go surf every day and boogie board or bowling, that's up, that's up to him. But he understands that love of the bike like I did. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, brings great joy to me, not only for Brent, but for the community, you know, and that's a great experience, you know. Yes. Some of my best bike rides are just chilling with the boys, getting coffee, and just busting each other's balls all day, you know, and just, <laughs> you know, throwing, throwing, out, throwing out the shots, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. But that is what the bike can do. And we don't know who that next customer that's going to come in could be. Mm-hmm. And, and look at, you know, and you're a bike guy. Look how many awesome people are in your life because of the bike, Lou. Right. You had that experience at the path. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't go in there to be the team manager and run the team, right? Right. No, you went there because it was an awesome mountain bike shop. Mm-hmm. You probably heard about them. Yep. You and your little brother were getting into it. So you go to the path, right? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're freaking running the team. Fast forward five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it all starts at the same spot. Yep. It doesn't matter. For sure. Could that have happened? Well, you can get it sponsored by Amazon. Hey, big lose running them. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's a <laughs> that'd joke. Be, that'd be weird. We're not doing that. Yeah, so. exactly. Those guys come on, go down the road. Well, let, let's segue into Brent now that he's in the studio. Uh, Brent, give us a little bit of rundown of who you are. So I'm obviously your your, your cycling career. I'm uh, Mr. Mr. Franzi's over here's son, obviously. <laughs> not a top five. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got to earn that. I guess yeah, I have to earn that. Yeah, I think I was kicked out of top five a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but no, I've been I've been yeah. I started off racing BMX. Uh, like we were talking about grassroots BMX started riding around. You obviously, my dad owns shops, so put me on a bike. It was probably when I got home from the hospital, I was already on a bike. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, raced BMX for a couple years. Um, then started uh, racing over the hump. Uh, I think we were talking about it. I was 11 years old, and what was cool, we were talking on the way over here actually, that um, how much the over the hump is like embrace you cycling for youth. Yeah. Like back when I first raced, it was 12 or I could be wrong. I think it was 12 to 18. Yeah, that's group. it. Yeah, but you know, twelve what? eighteen, then twelve and under. Nothing up. What you have to understand was so. Just let's go back a little bit when Brett was racing BMX. So when he first started, I didn't even own Fullerton bikes. I bought my bike from Jeff at Bellflower because it was like two thousand two. So here I am, this ex BMXer, test rider, got a lot of people. So I'm all proud, like Brent's going to become the next Stu Thompson and win nationals or Perry Kramer, Greg Hill, whoever. No <laughs> offense, guys. So we go to the Orange Y, and he's a little guy. And, I'm, and he could ride this little bike in the neighborhood. So I was like, oh, he's going to win first race. He couldn't get around the track. Couldn't make it above the hills. <laughs> yeah. So all these guys that know me from the old days are out there. You know, I'm like, all right, let's go hide someplace. Like, you know, no shame, no shame. That's not my kid. Who's that kid that's going backwards crying, you know? So finally, about three or four months later, he was able to make it around the track. You know, we took some time off. I got a little bit, whatever. And then... Training, working out. Yeah, he was lifting weights and, you know, taking shot. No, but... <laughs> He races. I remember this one race. So I, he started doing pretty good, and we were stoked. So I get him this new bike, built him this custom. Like, this is his first race bike. You know, it's all trick, titanium, answer carbon bars. It was 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And Brent didn't do very well. So he throws his bike at the finish line. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He saw, another, he saw another kid that he used to hang out and do it. So it was okay for him to do it, right? Uh-huh. He's probably five years old. I'm not only utterly embarrassed, but I'm beyond upset. Oh, I yeah. pick up his brand new bike and stick it in the trash can. <laughs> Did you really? Yep. I remember that. Brent day. remembers it. Yep. Wow. 
I, go, I went back and got it out of the trash. I stopped okay. crying okay. and I picked anyway, it out of the trash. That's, that's, a, that's a crucial turning point in, in parroting out there, parroting 101. So. Wow, that's, that's a mental abuse right there, man. It worked, though. You got to be strong in the friends family, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? But yeah, anyway, so um, over the hump, yeah, so they had, I think it was cool what I was talking about, 12 to 18 was the age group. Now I know they, they have like three or four. They have like a junior boys, like I think it's, I don't know the age group, 15, 18 or whatever, but they have like an, I think they have like an A and a B class. So I think it's cool how like over the hump has grown kids bike racing. Yeah, for so, sure. Super from, especially from when I started. Um, and then yeah, I grew up racing over the hump, started doing cyclocross and traveling with him doing like going to nationals, stuff like that. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Why cyclocross though? Cause it's a little bit of a mix of it. So I started doing cyclocross was actually, I think I did cyclocross before I actually raced over the hump. My first cyclocross was before over the hump, right? It was a kid's race. Yeah, About the same time. About yeah, the same so time. I started doing that, um, and I liked it because it's like, in be- you really have to, a lot of roadies do it, um, and obviously roadies aren't known for their good bike handling skills, so I think I did good at cyclocross because if the courses were technical, I was able to do a little bit better than them. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just I just got attracted to it just because of my bike handling skills coming from BMX and mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So now you're working for your dad. Working at the shops. Do you see yourself taking over the shop eventually when your dad wants to That's quit? the plan one day. That yeah. would be, that's the main goal. That would be. Sooner the better, Lou. Sooner yeah. the better. That would be the dream. What's good, you know, uh, I know that there's a lot of kids that don't follow into their dads or their, their family's business footsteps. They're like, they want to do their own thing. They want to be like, you know. Their own person. Totally. Their own person. Yeah. They don't, they're like, yeah, that's, that's my dad's thing. I don't want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? And and a lot of, lot of, a lot of people my age that um, they don't get along with their, their dad too well. You know, and I think that's that's a that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I work with I work for my dad or work with my dad, so he's my boss. Sure. So. And yeah. how's that relationship? What's good? Yeah. I would say ninety percent of the time it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the opposite, but it's all good. We're, we're tempted. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, the the cool thing is, you know, I think you know, um, for me as a parent, you know, and not talk about Brent being some awesome kid, but you know, he's twenty years old, and we still ride on the weekends. We still plan rides. He drives me. I suck, and I'm surprised he waits for me, but. That's something that, you know, the bike is done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of days today, after about 13, you kind of lose your kids. Yeah. I mean, that's the national statistic. About 13 is when the parents kind of start separating because they got cell phones and, you know, they're starting to, this, it's, you know, they're growing up and maturing. And I get it, you know. Um, the other thing, what I thought was really cool was this year, um, we're going, Giant does a special event every year for us called The Link. And uh, it changes from time to time. But, you know, they invited, they know Brent's kind of out of my Buena Park store. And they, Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Kephart, a great guy. I used to work for another brand, but we have a good history, and he's really pumped on what we're trying to do for Giant. He actually, you know, invited Brent to come to the link, you know. So uh, it'll be really exciting that Giant, as my number one company and brand, supports me, and and they see this transition of the father-son business, you know. Mm -hmm. So hopefully Brent can learn all the stupid things that I did, not make those dumb mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know be more successful than I was, which that won't be hard to do, but you know, that's good. And he can learn and he's getting his, getting in at an early age and he can see how it works and understand how we build relationships and how you work with your suppliers and how giant does things as you know, he was an ambassador for giant co-factory and all that stuff. So there's a lot of good things going on and it'll be great for him to get started to get that experience at a young age because it'll transform him into a better person, understanding the retail and understanding the bike business, right? which is, you know, it's, it's a complicated business. Like every business is, you know, mm-hmm. it's got his little, little quirks, right? Absolutely. 
So, Brent, are you uh, um, going to school for, like, business? I mean, I thought about is your dad encouraging you to, to go to school a little so, bit just so you can So everybody kinda... every, everybody always has their opinion about me going to college. But um, I thought about it for a while. Um, I honestly, I thought I was going to go to college. Like we were ta- actually, that was another thing we were talking about. Way down here. Um, and I, 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 I decided I'm currently I'm not going to college. But um, I well, thought, then, well, I don't see anything wrong with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm learning everything that I think I would learn at the shops, right? Like, I, yeah. I'm going to own the shops one day, so... If I work at the, I'm going to learn more working at the shops and going to school, having somebody tell me what I'm going to learn while experience the shop. Why not just experience it and save my money? You know, I, I, you know, this is my personal opinion. Um, going to college is, it's way over like preached and, and way overemphasized. And, you know, look at all these people that are in debt. You know, there's people that, you know, hundreds of dollars uh, in debt and they're not even using their, their degrees. degrees. Yeah. It happens all Um, the time. I feel sometimes just learning a trade um, yep. is uh, is really underrated. You know, like oh, you're a you're a a, a welder. Like, well, these, some of these welder guys are making like yeah. yeah, they're making hundred grand a year. You know what I mean? It's and, like, and if they're happy, who yeah. are we to judge? Yeah, right. Exactly. But I, I think the parents always like force force the kids like you got to go to college, you got to go to college, and the kids to to please their parents go to college, go to college, and you know they they waste. The money of dollars. and they waste four years. They're screwing around, and they're partying. Not even motivated to go yeah, to college, and so, so and yeah. the, you know, it's like instead of like kind of redirecting that energy, something where you know they can build upon that and, and be successful and, and make a career out of it. You know, I think a lot of parents force their kids to college, and sometimes I don't think that's really the, the, the way. You know, there's a lot of guys that never went to college that work from the ground up, yep. and uh, I know I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs. They're successful. They're you know, it's like they didn't, they didn't even step into college. They're like, hey, you know what? I worked hard, and this is this is the result of, of hard work and dedication and, and being a, totally. uh, um, you know, upright person. You know and what I mean? And it's all about relationship, too. I know a lot exactly. of people that didn't go to college, but they're hardworking, and they got into their jobs not because they have a college degree, but because they have a good relationship with the owner, and they know that they're hardworking, and they have good worth ethic and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, college doesn't teach you to work hard. Nope. No. That that comes from inside, you know. <laughs> that comes from the parent, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's just it's it's instilled in you, you know. But yeah, college, you know, and I mean, for like my daughter Melanie, she wants to be a nurse. That's her lifelong mm. ambition. She mm-hmm. has to go to college. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. You know, she doesn't want to be a ballerina. She wants. She, that's all she's ever talked about. All she, so God bless her. That's yeah. what she wants to absolutely. do. Absolutely, we're going to support her. And I know when she's done, she's going to get a job, and all the money that we spend on college is worth it. We, you know, so that that makes sense. But you know, the other side of the thing with you know with with Brent or something, and even other kids out there, you know. We're going to be faced with some shortages coming up because people don't want to learn trades. They expect, oh, I should just you know get to work at Starbucks and life is going to be good, right? <laughs> well, the, but who's going to who's going to do the math? Wrong. You know exactly. So you know, and then what's going to happen? I mean, this will lead into our next subject. Is you know then they become hoodlums, yeah, and they start robbing and stealing and you know breaking into bike shops. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know because they need money, right? Yep, they can't do anything. So now what are they doing? You know. Yep. Yeah, I know the trucking industry. There, you know, there's a um, there's there's a shortage of driving of drivers. Yeah. You know, because all all the old school drivers, you know, they're retiring. You know, and and the, you know, n- you know the newer generation doesn't think that driving's cool. So you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to deliver Who's stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, deliver stuff. You know what I mean? And then the, then the next thing is, those wages, the guys that are doing it, are going to get big money. So everything oh, yeah. just goes up to build and yeah. move. You know, yep. transport. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. So. Theft, it's it's crazy. Uh, a lot of shops. I know the Path got hit. Uh, Rock and Road got hit. Yep. You got hit. You got hit not twice. once but twice. Yep. 
that one shop in uh, Chino Hills. So essentially, right if you break yeah. it down, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cycle. No, yeah. the one that owns is owned by. So Pedal Barn got attempted. Hit Pedal Barn got attempted. Good guy. He's not, not open. You know, it's, he's a firefighter. He, he just opened up. Right. right. He's been open for a while, but he's kind of low key. Uh, just kind of started, you know, getting in the thing. Great, great owner, great guy. But yeah, they got it attempted hit. The guy that got, you know, so I got hit. The path got hit, and they were both similar. Rock and Road got hit while, while right, like shortly after I was hit. And ironically, I was me and Matt were both in Hawaii. I was bringing Melanie back, and he was on his normal, you know, weekend weekly travel adventure. Matt oh. Ford was, you know, <laughs> you know that is every week. He's in Sedona, Hawaii. It doesn't matter. But anyway, he was in there ironically too. He got hit. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, InCycle got hit right before me. Mm-hmm. And InCycle was gnarly because they broke in through an electrical door. And then they went into the office and they put a big hole and they took a bunch of bikes out. And there's another shop like up in Newberry Park, uh, Thousand Oaks, worldwide. Really, really good shop. Oh, that, they got hit too? I believe they got hit too. Damn. So there's been a lot of them. And then I got hit. You know, they came back the second time. But obviously, immediately we made a bunch of changes in our security. Yeah. Um, the alarm went off immediately and, you know. Scared them so by the grace of God, I haven't had any more suspicious activity. But it, it was a rough two months, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was uh, a psychological and uh, I was talking to Melissa, and uh, she said that there was, there was somebody there that was walking around taking pictures of the bikes, yeah, and casing, yeah. casing the place, yeah, yeah. And they, and they they ran after him to see where you know what kind of vehicle you drove, whatever. But you went around the corner, they couldn't, sure. you couldn't catch him. But uh, it, it's uh, Scary. I mean, as a shop owner. How do you bounce back from that? I mean, insurance, you know, I mean. You you know, I mean, and I. That's a big hit. It is. You know, I was, we got, we got hit for about 50 grand retail worth of bikes, you know, so it's no secret. We can figure out how much it was at, at my cost. The funny thing is, so obviously I posted and, and wanted to get the word out as fast as possible, whatever. And it's, rem- it's, a, it's amazing. Like, it's good. It's bad. You know, like there's a lot of people like we're truly concerned. So whenever I always say there's bad, there's good. Right. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, I took a pretty good hit and financially, I mean, it could cripple a bike shop owner like myself because we do have insurance and everybody's like, Oh, you got insurance, I'll cover it. <laughs> now let me last time you checked insurance, there's a huge deductible. Then your rates go up. So like for us, you know, and then they everything's valued. So if the bike was a two thousand eighteen bicycle versus a two thousand nineteen, doesn't matter if I bought it yesterday or eight months ago, it that's devalued. Pre- it's devalued. Yeah. So now I'm losing money plus my deductible. So at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna suck up a good twenty grand. <sighs> that's not ca- it, and that's you know. Then I had building damage. Yeah. So that was that was you know five thousand, and I'm very thankful I had a couple buddies do some good work for me, but I still had to pay for it. Yep. They didn't try, you know they felt sorry. Then, you know, like every other bike shop, we definitely got the the security upgrade you know program. So we've all the security companies are loving it, you know. But I bought all new cameras, motion sensors. We've got, I mean. I've spent probably $7,000 on increasing my security. Talking to Matt Ford, I mean, they went out immediately and did the same thing. You know, we do everything we can, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's tough. And, you know, back to our early conversation, you know, guys that are hooking up the big deals, they don't they don't understand, you know, $20,000 out of profit, that's a lot of money. That's a huge chunk. Yeah, that's a freaking, that's that's two, 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 uh, two mountain bikes for you and me, Lou. That's my demo fleet. I can let you borrow a bike next week. Yeah, so. you should you should invest in the demo fleet. Dang it, Mike. What's wrong with you? Oh, I, I would, but I, I had, to, had to pay for my stolen bikes. I'd get you an Axis Giant Anthem 29er. With you know? a dropper seat post. Yes. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I need a dropper seat here's, here's the funny thing, you know, like, and obviously, like, somebody, and it's just, people are funny and I get it. But I had somebody say, oh, I'm sure John will write, Giant will write it off for you. I'm like, 
why is Giant gonna write it off for me? <laughs> they didn't get stolen. They, well, I bought the bikes, you know. Yeah. I, you know, but you're you're on the hook right. for that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm on the hook. I signed the invoice. You know, yeah. I mean, sure, Giant might you know give me some extended dating or do something for me, Lou. But at the end of the day, you know, Fullerton Bikes, my family, my employees are accountable. Yep, and not and even. If you ask Tawny or any of these guys that have experienced it, yeah, it sucks, but it's, it, I mean, it just, it takes everything out of you. Yeah. I mean, it ruined my day of vacation in Hawaii, picking up my oh. daughter. Oh, for sure. I mean, when I got the phone call <laughs> from my manager, like we got broken into, I'm like, what, they broke the window? All of a sudden, these pictures are on my phone, Lou, and I'm like, uh Yeah. Yeah, I, he called I, me I, right away. I mean, I just, I freaking crap myself. I couldn't believe what I'm seeing, you know? It, and I'm like... Anyway, it just it so, it's mean, devastating. It's yes. like losing your child. Yeah. So, um, does anybody have any any idea no. where, where you know who these guys are, where these bikes are going? So here's the if and I think if you talk to Matt or anybody that's been involved with this event, these guys are off. To, let's hope they're off because not one bike has shown up. Right. How can there be fifty thousand from me, fifty thousand from Matt, forty thousand from Tony, sixty thousand? Who knows? None of the, like everybody's looking. I get people text me weekly. Hey, I saw this bike on offer up. Is this yours? No, nope, that's not, you know. It's, and I, but anyway, so somebody is, is coordinating this. What the Fullerton detective said to me or somebody I was talking to who, who knows about crime said, what they're seeing now is you're the big jefe, okay? And you've been successful stealing or whatever you've done, drugs, who knows? You got cash. So what you do is you tell your crew, hey, I need 30 bikes. I'll give you $4,000 for 30 bikes. Go get them. They go get 30 bikes from wherever they get them, you know. And they're sending, like, the, the tweakers, right? Or whoever. The I mean, tweakers, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot I mean, of them out here. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they, got, they know what they're doing. They, you know, they're, they're, they don't know what they're doing, but they do what they're doing. Yeah. They go out and steal. This guy puts them in a container. He sends them out. And then now these guys are on to movie cameras and televisions and house, what, whatever's next, you know. And that's what here, they do. Here's my theory, Mike. Uh, because of what's been going on with the, uh, like, people bringing to homes, like, like high-end homes. Yep. It's a it's a crew of Chileans. And what's a Chilean? Sorry, from Chile. Chile. They're taking a different country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you know, I go to Ensenada like every other uh, twice a month. Right. And I'm looking around, nothing, nothing down there. Yeah. Not, you know, and that you know, if it's gonna be stolen from here, it would end up you know Central Mexico or somewhere. It's pretty simple to get it there. Yeah, yeah. So because you know, when you, when you cross the border, you can bring two bikes without any issues. Sure. You know, and it could be brand new, used, whatever. You know, they don't check for anything. No. So, but I've been, you know, the, I'm I'm really connected with the soccer community down there. Absolutely. Nothing. No, no bikes have shown up for nothing. So they're they're not going to Mexico. I think they're going South America somewhere. Yeah, I would agree. They're not. There's too many, and it's just it's unfortunate. You know, um, it's definitely put all the local bike shop owners on their toes. Yeah. We've we've done things different. You know, can they get in? And will they get in again? Absolutely. But you know, let's just hope. You know, we've done our measures, and everybody else has to prevent them from getting, you know, the the big hits. Right. What What about tracking devices on bikes? Is that is that uh, too 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 much of an expense? Too much of an investment? Will it you know, work? Yes and no. You know, I mean, it is a you know once again it is an invest. It would be an investment. Yeah. You could possibly do it. It would be work. Not that I I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot, many of bike shop owners. I'm not sure if anybody's doing it. You could possibly do like the department stores do. But once they get to pass a certain radius, then they're gone. But then you think the bike thinks we get smart and then think, oh, let's just take off the tracking device now. Yep. You, you have a tracking device on there. These are just taking them off. Good point. The tracking device once they figure out they're on there. Well, you, you got to put it somewhere where you can't see it. That's true. Yeah. And all my bikes, see, all my bikes were new in the box. Yeah. They took them out of the boxes. 
they weren't even, you know, I think I had two or three that were consumers or customers where we got stolen, but 90% of my box bikes came right out of the box. Brand new. Brand new. So. Wow. It's a bummer. I mean, but, you know, I love what I do, and uh, the community definitely, uh, you know, the the, the will of mankind uh, have a, had a good turnaround in, in, in humanity. A lot of mm-hmm. good people came to the plate, and uh, I'm very gracious and very blessed and very grateful for that. You yeah, know? for sure. Because that's all I've got. Yeah. So um, you guys already shored up, uh, locked down the... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, weak, the weak points? Yeah, oh, yes. Okay. We, you know, like I said earlier, you know, and, and as you know this, if somebody wants something, they're going to get it. I don't oh, yeah. care. You know, unless you're the White House, they're not, you know... If they want but, it, and you got to make it harder for these guys. Exactly. You know, exactly. they, they got to really right, want it. Right. You know what so, I mean? Yeah. And I know, speaking to other shop owners, we've all are on the same page. You know, so it will be harder. Can they get in? Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, the good news is I'm very tight with the Fullerton Police Department, so uh, my shop is on a security watch. It'll remain that for a long, long period of time, mm-hmm. uh, where they frequent my shop at night, drive around, check things out. They just it's part of this patrol that they're working on. They got some extra people on staff, so. That's good to hear, and, you know, hopefully that's a deterrent as well. well let's hope so. Amen, Jesus. So. Amen. <laughs> Brent, uh, how's, how's life been at the shop, man? I mean, not, now that, uh, you know, you have to work for for a living. It's <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I remember. I don't, I don't, I don't pay him. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah I don't, he doesn't get, I don't get paid. I get paid in bikes. <laughs> but, no, it's awesome. I remember actually being in school. Um, and thinking like, man, wouldn't it be awesome? Like my dad's riding, cause he used to go ride Oaks in the morning. I'm like, man, I could go ride Oaks in the morning and then go work at the shop all day. Like that sounds, now I'm literally, I say I'm living, doing the, dream. That, I'm living the dream. Yep. That's awesome. Working at the shops and ride, I literally ride my bike every single day. Now did, uh, did your dad start you from the bottom, like sweeping the floors? And... I was, so yeah, there's a girl, you, she's worked clean, at the clean shop. Clean the toilets. She's, <laughs> she's worked at the shop. Clean the toilets? How Wait a minute. How long has Cindy worked at the shop store? Uh, Cindy's 65 years 65 old. 65 years. No, 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 no. Six she's 65 years. years old, and she started there when she was 14. Wow. So she's been working there a long time. So she, <laughs> yeah, her whole life. So he, he wanted it to feel like a real job for me. So I wasn't actually, he wasn't really my, I mean, obviously he was my boss, but he wasn't my boss. Like, he wasn't telling me what to do at the shop. He had me working at the Buena Park shop. Smart man. Yeah, smart man, right. So uh, she actually made a list. <laughs> she made a list of things for me to do, and it was like go outside and sweep the parking lot, blow the leaves around, and go do. So I... I guess you could say i started from the ground you have to yep. you, you, you can't you can't you can't you know only because your kid doesn't mean that you got to start him from the top no, no man he, he's got to learn the business from the ground i was up, i was literally i was the boy in a park janitor yeah, yeah. speaking of who is a janitor because it wasn't swept hasn't been swept out front for about a month it's on my checklist for you guys yeah, ah, that's, that's that's for the new employees they, they're starting from the ground up too harrison if you're listening you better sweep the parking lot tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well I, so you, what's your position your assistant manager manager i would say yeah i'm not the i'm not the manager but i guess you could say i'm like an assistant manager, assistant manager? yeah okay Who, who's uh who's a big cheese over there his name's alex alex yeah. okay. so I, so you know i mean i don't you know i'm a small family business yeah. um i don't really i mean i have what i call a gm and that's dave teague he's my gm at, at fullerton and then Alex, we're promoting up. He's not like officially a GM, but he's like my store manager um, because he's new and we're educating him and teaching him. But within a short period of time, I'll you know reward him with the actual GM title. And then I have a service manager, Richie. I have a service manager, Zach, at Fullerton. Um, you know, I have other positions. But, you know, like when I'm gone, Dave's the guy. And when, when Dave's gone and I'm gone, then we would have somebody else as our like, you know, assistant manager running the store, like it might be Ricardo or it could be Cliffy or it could be, you know, any one of my other guys that have that capabilities. Mm-hmm. And same thing at, at Buena Park. If Brent's not, if Alex isn't there, correct? Yeah. He's the store manager. He's got to make the decisions or he can go to Cindy or he calls myself and, you know, or even calls Alex and, you know, 
work through them, and that's his title. And as he continues yeah, to grow, yeah, we work as a team. We're a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah, we work yeah. really well together. What, what has been your challenge as uh, you know, kind of move, moving up the uh, the ranks there? Uh, I mean, just there's a couple of, like orderings. That was one thing that took me a little bit to learn, like how to order, what to order. Like, well, you you could probably ask like some like even Ricardo, who's worked at the shops a long time. He he used to be the manager of Buena Park, so you know he's always judgmental about how we're doing it. Um, joking around, but he's funny. Um, but tell he, him we still have cat-like helmets left. Yes, exactly. So I was joking around because he would order. Ooh. You know, he was Ugh. he was big and just ordering a big shipment of stuff, and we were have it for five years and could never get rid of it so i was i was whoa <laughs> he's going hard I'm going wow hard. that's my boy rick um, so they I, love each other we uh we're i was hard for me to learn to order in smaller chunks like and we i would find myself running out of inventory and stuff so i'm just learning like what are the the hot items how much we should bring in of a certain item because you know that sells out so fast this week but then you order it this week and it doesn't sell for a month it sits on the shelf so just learning what's ordering. hot what's hot giant bikes are hot they're always hot. Okay, which one? Uh, right, the Revolt is pretty hot. The tra- Trance is always hot. Um, stance. The Stance, the new Stance, 2020 Stances, those are hot. That's the entry one, right? Yeah, they're killing it with that yeah. bike this year. Yeah, 2020 Giants. 2020 Giants, they're they're already going out. What about merchandise? What 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 do you keep on the shelf that, what, what, what flies off the shelf? What stuff stays, you know? I see... Almost every order we do, we are always ordering race face Chester pedals. I don't know what it is about those pedals, but we sell like ten of them a week. Really? Yeah, just race face Chester pedals. You listen to Vilio? Listen to Vilio. That's my boy. Well, if, if you text him, he might like text you like you know a month from now, two months from now. <laughs> Whoa, there's a low blow. Sorry, Vilio. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I tag you in this podcast. <laughs> you know, he also works for Troy Lee, as you probably know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, he's uh, what is it? Uh, race face Troy Lee Pivot. Yep. Um, you know, a couple other stuff. Yeah. You're in the industry, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But still, answer your damn phone, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, good? I mean, at least you you need to know. You need to be intimate with the shop to know exactly what what's gonna you know what's gonna turn. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's like you know you know grocery store, right, Mike? Absolutely. You yep. need to know what always what, gonna what sell to, milk. Yeah. Always gonna sell beer. Eggs. Sell Coke. Eggs. Bread. Right. Yeah. Basic things. Yeah. So one thing you know, Brett and I were talking about on the way down here is you know, industry is going pretty good. You know despite everything else, um, is it's consistency. You know, we talked about that being... So for us at Buena Park, you know, as my second store, and I know Tawny and other, a lot of other guys that own businesses that have multiple stores, we all struggle with our second stores. We don't want to say we struggle, but like Tawny's not... Tawny's the face of the path in Tustin. Yeah. Matt's the face of Rock and Road, whatever store he hangs. You know what I mean? Like, I can't always be at Buena Park or Fullerton. It doesn't work. So we need consistency. Yes. Now I've had, you know, Brent and Alex in place for a good year, year and a half. And Richie's been there for and a really long time. So now that store is starting to get that homey feeling where like, hey, they come in. Brent knows a lot of the names of the customers. The customers feel good. Mm-hmm. Then the customer goes, hey, you know, I went and got a bike from Brent down at Buena Park Bikes. He's a good kid. They really took good care of me. Yep. Go see him. Now the customer walks in. Oh, hey, I'm Brent. How can I help you? You know, yeah. those things go a long ways. Back with, to creating like a community. You know, mm-hmm. and it's all about, you know, and that's the core thing for your second shop, in my opinion, is keeping... Consistency in your team. Yep, yep. Well, when we had Matt uh, Matt Ford on the show, you know, a while back, he did you bring a dropper seat post to sit up and down in the shop or no? no. Matt Ford still owes. He said he would hire me. So, <laughs> oh damn! But he was he was talking about like his employees have been there for you know ten plus years. Yeah, yeah. You know the the loyalty and the love that they have for for yeah. you know. I mean, I look at you know most of the local shops here, the shops that are you know the good shops have a lot of consistent employees. You know, look at Tawny. How long has Brian been at the Path? 
Yeah, Brian Blair's been from there know, And Brian went backwards, you know. Normally you go from bike shop to wholesaler. He went from wholesaler to bike shop, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of knowledge, good man, you know. Look at Matt, he's got some of his core people, Kristen, you know, all Orange Cycle. You know, they all have some core people that have been around for a long time. Right. And they go different positions and stuff, but, you know, you need a face to recognize. Mm-hmm. And it's no different than what you do. Your people call you to move what you do in your trucks because they know you. There's mm-hmm. a consist. they can count on you. They're reliable. Yeah, for sure. That's what it's all about. Right. So how can... You'd be successful, you know, with so much competition. Well, I don't really think I'm successful. I got lucky I'm surviving. <laughs> but, you know, it's a community. And what I'm super passionate about is I've, I need to sell bikes. And that's how I pay my bills. Yes. But I want to give my customer a little different experience. It's okay. not about the bike. So what, what sets you apart from other bike shops? I think I get to know people. And I just have a way with my charisma to make people feel good. Mm. I don't know if my father. That was a gift I learned from him. Mm-hmm. Make people feel good, you know? Um, we try. We listen. You know, I don't... And I'll get this. If a guy walks in my shop and he's like, I'm just looking. I'm like, that's great. Welcome to our store. Mm-hmm. No pressure. Those are the words out of my mouth. How can I help you? What do you want to talk about? Tell me your story. Where do you live? Where do you ride? What do you do? Great. What kind of bike do you want? Well, I was over at the other shop and they were like, you know, hey, I don't care about the other shop. You're here with me now, bro. Let's talk together. Let's figure out what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. And if you buy today, great. If you don't, I don't care. But let's make sure you get the bikes that's designed for you. And but and your budget, right? I mean, correct. It's all about budget. Yeah. And I never really ask the question budget because I don't know what you know. You never know what the guy's sleeper, but it doesn't matter. But you know, if the guy kind of tells me where he's at, and then the second question that I always like to engage is like, all right, today maybe you don't ride a bike. You just start, and your buddy's got a Santa Cruz, and your buddy's got an Anthem, and your buddy's got a giant rain and a trance or whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Are you going to ride with those guys all the time? Oh, yeah, we're going to go hit Oaks, and we're going to do this and that. I'm like, okay. So if you buy this towel on that 500 bucks, and these guys are riding three and $5,000 bikes. You're going to clap that thing out in no time. Thank you very much. <laughs> so but, so then the, question, the next thing is you want to let them know is like, hey, where do you want to be in six months? Yeah. You know? So today, this probably bike is, you're worthy of this bike. And God bless you. This is an amazing bike. It's your gateway. Mm-hmm. But in six months from now, you're going to come back and see me. And this thing is, like you just said, clapped out. It's hammered. The brakes don't work. They're not designed to go down Oaks. You know, they'll get you to Fullerton Loop and some basic trails. But when you yeah. get to Oaks and these guys are bombing on enduro bikes yeah. and you're with them, you're going to get hurt. You're doing hawk on, a, on, yeah. a, on an entry-level bike, man. <laughs> you know, clap, no you dropper clap out, Yeah, you know, <laughs> single wall rim. But, so the point is, you know, so you got you to explain it to the consumer. And I yeah. think when you do that, they kind of look at you like, all right, this guy wants to help me out. Mm-hmm. I want to sell them a bike, but at the end of the day, that's my approach, and I live behind that. I welcome them to the community. I welcome them to the shop. I welcome them as a family member. Mm-hmm. You know, I not that I was the first, but I think you guys know me long enough on Facebook. I've been taking bike pictures of my customers since day one. Yeah, a lot of the shops do that. Yeah, they copy me. I don't care. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But we're, once again, <laughs> once again, rising tide raises all yeah. ships. Yeah, you know what for I mean? sure. So sure. the point of the matter is, you know, that's how I treat my business. I don't. You know, I'm not arrogant to the customers. Yeah, I, 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 you know, one thing that I'll do say is the customer sometimes might challenge me on something that I think is wrong. I'll never criticize them, but I'll always refer back to like, excuse me, so what, what do you do for a living? Oh, you're an accountant. You know what? I can't balance my checkbook, but you could do a good job. Let me give you some good advice and some good education because I'm just going to teach you today what's going on and you can take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But a full suspension bike isn't slow. You know, like I get that, oh, it's got suspension and it's going to go slow. Really? 
Did you watch the World Cup last couple weeks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a way about it, but I always give it back to them. Let mm-hmm. them tell me what they do. Hey, you know, I build nuclear bombs. I can't even turn a bomb on, but I'm going to let you're the expert, right? You're going right. to know what to do. Right. So let me be the, your bike expert and give you my best advice. And you can Google research and do what you want. And I'm going to come back pretty close to accurate. Mm-hmm. So that's the key. And just, you know, try to get them back in our stores. I, I think what, what would help as well would be uh, um, these companies that finance maybe a better better rate. Because there's some people that are like, oh, well, I can't, you know, I can't afford a $6,000 bike, but that's really what I really want. Right. And then, you know, there's only like, you know, Synchrony, whatever, is the only like finance company. And, and the rates are like, dude, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it is. It you is. know what I mean? So is there other lenders out there that could help, you, you know, know, where there's more options than just one lender? You know what I mean? Because the pe- people get discouraged when like, what's the what's the interest rate? 20 what? 24%? Whoa, it's Best Buy. So, right? You know, and that conversation has come up before. I think the problem is, you know, outside of a credit card, if you do 12 months, same as cash or whatever it is, you know, we, we, we pay the backside of that. Yeah. There's a big hit. The automobile industry, it's a different, they get incentives. So oh, you guys get hit? Yeah. So if, you know, if a guy walks in and he wants to finance a bike, it's percentage. So if it's a hundred dollars and he finances it, I don't get a hundred bucks back in my account. We mm-hmm. can take a pretty good hit. The longer we finance them, the bigger the hit. Mm. So I could I could finance you two years, but it's but, but why, why is it on you though? It's just the way those companies work because it's such a high risk. You know, we're not a capital like GM Motors and Mercedes Benz. Those guys are all capital companies. You know, Microsoft yeah. Giants Capital specializes capital, but we're not. So they the the credit agency runs the risk against us. Mm. So and I That's think unfortunate. it is. So if you want to buy a bike as twenty four months, I can do it. But it's going to cost me a huge percentage. Yeah. And there's been times where I've worked with a customer and said, look, you get the bike for this price here. And if you want to do 24 months the same as cash, I'm going to give it back to you. It's going to cost me 300 bucks. I'll you know, work, negotiate a deal. Yeah. yeah. And that way, they That's get good. what they want. That's good. There's different ways. That's but good it's, on you. It, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. You know, because, and today, bikes are expensive. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, dude, there's... Thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars bikes. I, I can't afford the bike I want. You know, what I mean? can't afford the bike. If I didn't work in the bike industry, I'd be riding a freaking, I'd be riding that clapped out bike down, down Hawk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so would Brent. Yeah, I, 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 uh, the one that's kind of on my on my list is I want I want to try that new Mach Four. Uh, what is it? Uh, SL, whatever. The new uh, Pivot. Uh, um, it's got some good reviews. XC bike. Yeah, I want I want to ride it. Yeah. What you bike know? do you? Where are you riding right now? Dude, I got a Norco Search gravel bike. Gravel bike, yeah. Gravel. yeah, that's what Brent loves. That's yeah, my favorite. that's uh, I, it's fun, um, but uh, I need some, I need some suspension, man, because it's uh, it, I think I already, I already, I already broke a spoke, and yeah, you that's know. right, we saw the spoke at OTH. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, but what's cool is you know, Lou, um, is to see like, why'd you get a gravel bike? I know the answer, but we're seeing a lot more of that. You know, the roads, the roads are dangerous. Yeah, gravel's blowing up. And it's 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 good because an e bike yeah but we're mountain bikers yeah so we have bike handling skills mm. we're also fit kind of well, I'm not fit that's well, for sure you look good it's all good Brent <laughs> but so now you put, fit you put a couple of these elements together and, and the gravel is a lot of fun it is yeah it is absolutely and you know unfortunately I do my Wednesday ride you've seen it on Instagram Facebook a million times uh-huh. one of my closest friends top fire for sure he's in a bad spot right now because he got hit by a car on his road bike. Yeah, you know, and I hate to say it on on public, but you know it's just it, it's sad. And talking about bikes and the infrastructure and e bikes, there's a lot of things going on. But you know, here in the United States or here in California, Southern California, a lot of the communities here have a terrible infrastructure for cycling. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, um, I mean, how do we? How, how do we as a cycling community? How do the bike shop owners? How do you 
fix that? How do you um, rectify that, so that issue? That, so it's hard for us because we're, just, we're a small entity. You know, We're a pimple on the butt of society. Hmm. But when we talk about, and I was thinking about this today, so how do we fix that? We can make dents in the communities and you know, bikes are, are good and they're popular and we're seeing some changes happening. E-bikes are going to do a lot because it's a commuter bike. You can get, if you, if you live within five to 10 miles of your work, depending on your route and traffic, you can almost get to work on an e-bike now just as fast. Mm. So as e-bikes grow, then there's going to be more demand for safer roads because everything's growing, which is good. So I think that right there is going to be a big contributing factor to changing the way some of the infrastructure in these cities are, putting in more bike lanes, better, safer communities. It's going to be bike. tough because... Uh, um, there's, there's some cities where let's say there's, you know, two bike, you know, there's two, two lanes, you know, four lanes total. Sure. And if you take one lane out, I mean. Right. I get it. The implication get it. of the traffic yep. and, yep. you yep. know, and. and so and, hopefully it, Fullerton, you know, and I live there, they've yeah. made some changes in some of their routes and they've kind of created some off streets so you can get from point A to point B where you're like designated bike safe community, bike route, yeah, bike bike route, route. lane. Hmm. So they're keeping you off Chapman Avenue, but you're running parallel to it in a residential where they've put some islands in. Which sometimes is almost not as safe because you're in a residential, nobody ex- really expects, expects it. Right. So back out of the driveway. And... It's, it's just going to take time, yeah. and it's just going to take continued effort. And once again, sea rises, all ships go up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as the tide rises. So as more people buy e-bikes, more people start commuting, the voice will get louder and louder, and that's what we hope. Understanding in the e-bike world, let's go to the next level, e-bike mountain. Mm-hmm. As you know, OC Parks is highly against it. Oh, yeah. Which is sad. But here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Now, let me ask you, are you saying it as a, as a shop owner or as a cyclist? I'm saying that it's both. Okay. okay? Because cycling's good. And why OC Parks is against it, they have their reasons. You know, I get it. They have their blue and white shirts on and their penny loafers, whatever. But the point is... <laughs> People want to ride bikes, and they're fun. What are penny loafers for all for all the young books out there? All, the, all, the, all those, all the all youngins, those, all those you know, those executive people that sit in the Orange County. I'm just teasing them, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> but they, what, but so they, these are put penny pennies in there, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, loafers, yeah, penny right? loafers. Yeah, yeah, I had a pair, I had a pair like a freshman <laughs> in high school. Oh man. So the point is, if you want to ride a bike and you're elderly and you're older, you know, I mean, riding a bike hurts, mm. and climbing a mountain hurts. Well, what's going to happen when some bike shop sells somebody an e-bike who's got a an a handicap, and they buy an e-bike. They can still ride a bike. I had a friend that had cerebral palsy. He could ride a bike like nobody's business. So let's say he rides a bike in Orange County Park, and he gets a ticket, but he's handicapped. Is he going to sue him for being discriminated? Now you can't. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it's there's a law, right? No e-bikes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what about people that have limitations? And an e-bike kind of frees them from a limitation. But what what about if they get in, into a situation where they get into trouble because yeah, it was one thing about e-bikes. They're getting further. People that were yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I can go them. forever. And all of a sudden, like, wait a they're minute, they're in like, the middle of the woods and they crash. <laughs> yeah, and now right. and and they have a you know, let's say a condition. Yep. And now now they they put themselves at risk. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, so there's, I mean? there's all sorts of there's there's a, there's a you know it's it's it's, it's 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 tough. It's tough, and you know, and you know, and, and oaks and, and kind of going to like Silverado Canyon. There's there's a lot of open open mm-hmm. land. Oh yeah. Why don't Why don't we open that up? Sure. You know what I mean. Or why can't we make you know like. So essentially, you know, like there's a lot of Orange County parks, and they're they're amazing parks, and they're great for the community, and I understand and much respect. 
But why can't they designate specific trails only for e-bikes and they, hikers? They you know what it. I mean? They do it for horses and they do it for all the other stuff. Well, you, you know what, what gets me, dude, is uh, uh, John Curley is such a huge, oh, huge advocate. Such... Him and, and everybody that, that, that's part of that group that does trail work, I don't, I've never seen a, uh, a hiker, a jogger, an equest- somebody on, on a horse go out to do trail work. Never. It's, it's always, I would say most of the time, 90% of the time. 95. It's a, 95% of the time, <laughs> it's, a, it's a mountain biker <laughs> or a cyclist that, that's out there doing trail work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're, you know, the cyclists are, are the ambassadors. They're, you know, they're, they have to take, take pride in the trails that they're riding. Correct. You know what I mean? And everybody uses them. Yeah, no, you great know? point, you know, and, and yeah, so it's like, you know, you're paying your taxes, and then we're doing all the work, and we're just the small portion that gets gets the shank, right? Yeah. The, I mean, whenever there's a, it's always, and a lot of times, you know, it is the mountain biker's fault, but at the end of the day, there's been accidents that's been the walker's fault or the horse's fault. It's going to happen. Well, there's, like you were saying, there's got to be designated trails. Like, um, there was an incident, John, you know, John Curley posted it up on, uh, what was it, uh, and, and it was in Oaks. Um, shoot. What's the one right where you, 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 you know, you kind of. Shoots. No, no, no. Barham Ridge. It's, uh, okay. So Coach Whip. What's the one? What's uh, the one? Cactus. cactus. Not Cactus. The other one. Goat. Yucca. 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 Where they, they got in a fist fight. Whoa. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Yeah. The, uh, so a mountain biker and a hiker or, or a jog or whatever, right. they, they were some words exchanged and there was a fight. Yeah. So I think there's some trails that need to be designated, uh, mountain bike trails only or a downhill trail only. Sure. Yeah. Because you know, like like cactus. You know, if you're like you know coming down a corner, you blind, know, yeah, a blind yeah. corner, and you, you get into hikers. Totally. What's going to happen? That's not good. You as a mountain biker are gonna are gonna you know risk your your safety to avoid hitting them. Yep. Correct. Totally. Right. And then you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you're okay, and you know there you go with a broken collarbone. Yeah. And you know they're gonna they're gonna keep you know walking on a merry way walking. Sure. And you just avoided an accident, you know, hurting somebody. But you know who pays the consequences? The mountain biker, Typically, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. So totally. uh, we pay taxes. I think you know there's got to be a, a, a happy medium, some kind of a happy medium, and or you know if they got to build more trails. Okay, well these are hiking trails only. These are biking trails only, or e-bike so, only trails. Yeah, or e-bike only trails. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm fine with that. You know, you know and uh, you know the the roads have to be a little bit wider, or they have to do more. I mean, we're paying sure. taxes. You know, when when I go into Oaks yep. uh, or into Irvine Regional Park. There's like three attendants there. <laughs> what are they doing now? What are they doing? Yes. You know, 15 bucks an hour. Well, check it out. Dude. There, there was a, the, automated, the automated things, right? So, you know, the little arms. So, you, you know, you stick your card in there because, you know, I, I I pay the yearly pass. Sure. You know, because. You go there often. You yeah, sense. Them, yeah, right? I, I, yeah. You know, because we're, we're using the trails. But they, they got rid of the automated arm thing deal. So, now they, they now there's three people there or two people, whatever. It's like, so, what's the point of investing $100,000 in that arm? Yeah. You know, the little, you know, automated thing. <laughs> but it didn't work, so let's go back to the old-fashioned way. Right. So we're wasting money. Yeah. Big time. That, that money could have been used for, for something like the build trail. Build trail. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. You know, it's 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 ludicrous. And at all, <laughs> I've always I'm on my told, soapbox. Let me, let, me, let me climb off real quick. No, no, stay on it. You're good. You're good. <laughs> this is why you're top five. The thing is, it's, it's a lot of it boils down to common sense. You know, let's just use common sense. Right. And the thing is, with e-bikes, I get some of the problems because they are bigger bikes and a lot of guys that can buy bikes might not be experienced bike riders or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a freaking bicycle, you know? Yep. Let's, you know, let's, let's look at this and be common sense. It's no different than anything in life. There's always going to be 
one bad person is going to ruin it for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be one knucklehead on an e-bike who's going to go backwards, upside down, and do whatever he's not supposed to do, and cause a problem, and cause a fight with the horse, and the horse is going to buck and blah, blah, blah. No different than there's one bad cop in the world, there's one bad fireman, there's a bad, t- there's always going to be bad. Yeah. But we got to look at the percentage and yes. kind of figure it out and do what's right for the majority. Mm-hmm. Very simple solution. Lou. Yeah. You and I come up for president. We think a lot the same. Trust me. Yeah. It, 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 it really bums me out that, uh, you know, they got rid of the uh, non-dot races. That's sad. Yeah. You Beyond I mean? sad. That, that was, that was, that's for the cycling community. That's for the community, dude. So no more mountain bike races, but they can still do other non-cycling events. events. Yeah. yeah. How is that fair? Ridiculous. You know, and I get the whole, and that's the problem. You know, everybody's all, they're going to sue this and sue that. No. You take the risk when you get in the park. It's an assumption of risk. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So when you're hiking or running in the park, it's your own assumption. And yeah. I'm yeah. sorry the mountain biker hit you. He didn't mean to, right? Yeah. So let it go. I right. mean, it's going to happen. I get it. But we're going to work for everybody? Right. You know, here's, well, yeah. uh, how, how many hikers are getting lost out in the mountain somewhere and then they have to send a search party? That costs us thousands of dollars to yeah. save them. Yeah. It's mainly hikers that are doing that, mm-hmm. not mountain bikers. Yeah. It's very rare that you see a mountain biker that's out there, except for that one, those, those guys that were on those... Those funky uh, e-bikes. I don't know if you get those several years back where they got lost and one guy, you know, I think I don't think I don't know if you died of a heat exhaustion or something like that. But sure. they were not a juice in the bikes, but they were like illegal like e-bikes. Yeah. They were like the twist throttle uh, ones, super ones. heavy. Yeah, and you couldn't pedal them. You know what I mean? Once they were not a, a once they were not a, a battery. Oh. But most of the time, it's like it's a hiker that's out there lost. So you <laughs> know they, yeah. they you know they gotta you know they gotta have the helicopter flying around for right. you know that that costs money. Five grand an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I get it. But we pay taxes, so I, I get it, you know. It's, it's unfortunate, <laughs> but, you know, as a bike guy, you know, um, as I think Mark Helms did a nice presentation on your show about mm-hmm. e-bikes, and they're good, you know, and they're fun. And, I mean, that's what biking's all about at the end of the day. It's about having fun, Lou. Yeah. It's what I live for. It's the mm-hmm. fun of the bike. We've talked this, about this last time, you know, yep. with the memories we've created and you and your brother and your friends and over the hump and the Ensenada thing. I mean, yep. it's fun. So yep. why is – our government and our local legislation and our local parks people are limiting us from just having fun. That's what parks are designed for. Yeah. They're not, we're not asking to go ride at, you know, the Saks Fifth Avenue at South Coast Plaza Mall, are we? Right. No, we yeah. want to go to the park yeah. and have fun. Yeah. That's what parks are designed for. Go ride a exactly. Bike and, I mean, I'd like to uh, do the Google search of what is a real park? What is the definition of a park, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm have to listen. Let me know. Yeah, there, I, there's, <laughs> there's rules for a reason, but they're, right. they're going to be But But e-bikes are good. I mean, that's, that's a good segment of cycling. You know, I know... Uh, Speaking with Giant and stuff, they're they've got they're committed and they got some amazing e-bikes coming out and I'm super pumped and the colors are good and the dynamics are good and you know we sell a lot of e-bikes and and I support them and you know I so, just, but but let me ask you as as a, as a shop owner if somebody buys an e-bike, um, are you letting them know about the rules of, of the absolutely road? you know okay. I mean and so they they know they know we what, fall they know. short of course but okay. you know we've had t- staff meetings where it's like when you sell this e-bike, you know, educate the consumer. And let him know that not every park is going to allow this. You know, ride at your own discretion and, and be courteous. But mm-hmm. a majority of the guys we sell e-bikes to, they're not, you know, guys that are hanging out at Starbucks with tattoos and going to the taco bar Friday night. And, you know, they're an L, like I sold, we sold two today. Great couple. They bought two amazing e-bikes. They're in their mid-50s. They're going to travel the country and drive around and go to different parks and ride around. They're not going to cause any trouble. Yeah. That's a large percentage of your e-bike sales. Right. I think I've sold, what, Brent, maybe five or six to kind of like guys like us yeah. or like you guys. Well, no. yeah, what's a bummer is you're, they're, the couple like you're talking about is they're, they're going to buy those e-bikes. They're going to go probably national park touring, right? And they're going to get the national parks. Like, oh, e-bikes aren't allowed. Like, 
that just turns people off from now they're not even going to maybe ride a bike because they can't ride e-bikes and or get ticketed and yeah. 300 bucks turns people away from cycling is that is that what the, was that the finest 300 bucks it depends on where i don't know yeah. wow. i heard orange county parks is 50 first time and then it's pretty steep second time i, I think uh in order for, for things to change the manufacturers have to be involved they yeah. are actually are they, are are they really no, they are giants they're in, yeah they've got people and legislation bikes for people uh even even the locally you know and hats off to like i know mark Went and sat in on a meeting at Orange County Parks. I think Matt Ford was there, and there was a few other people that are highly involved. So we're trying, and I even like I brought that up to Giant a couple years ago. Like, where are you? And they're like, No, like they we're on it. You know, we're putting the horse before the cart this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're there Shimano trying. Was, Shimano was one. Shimano about too. That. So yeah. So well, and then they, even, they do they they build the uh, the motors right for right. The, for a lot of e bikes and, and Bosch, which is their local base. Bosch, yeah. You know, they, Yamaha, they're, they're, they're all they're, local they're too, all yeah. there. You know, and they're yeah. all fighting for us. So. Praise Jesus, that's what we want, you know, to support from those guys. They can make the big noise. Yeah. It's our job to educate the guy that's picking it up at the local store and, you know, present it to him. Like, it does, at least do our job and try to educate them. If they listen to me, Glue, God bless them. If they mm-hmm. don't, it's on yeah, them. Yeah, but, but there's, a lot, there's a lot of shop owners that, that uh, um, they're like, dude, I don't care. Yeah. Just sell the bike. Well, funny story was we had a, a, a guy buy a knee bike from another shop, and he brought it up to me for some service, uh, just some tires and tubes and put some bars and stuff. And I go, where are you riding that thing? He goes, oh, I'm riding the Laguna Wilderness. And Derek Melberg was there from Shimano, and he's like, that's not allowed in Laguna Wilderness. It's against the law to ride it there. The guy looks at Derek like, who are you? And he goes, I work for Shimano, and I, I sit on the board, and I help the team at Shimano and these guys talk to the Rangers. And he goes, the bike shop owner, I asked him where I could ride. He goes, anywhere. You can go wherever you want. And I asked him specifically if that trail was illegal. He's like, no, go ride it. I'm like, well. I was gonna tell you when you get the big ticket, bro. That's on you. Yeah. I mean, he was disappointed, you know. Oh, for sure. I he, think he got he got uh, bamboozled. Absolutely. He got bamboozled. Right. Right. You know. I mean, maybe the guy didn't know. I don't know, but at least educate him. Hey, I can't speak for like when, when we first started the e-bikes. I was getting people from Ventura because I had them all over the place. And the guy next door to me, Sam, he's the e-bike. He's the king. You know, he gets people from long distance. We don't know the legislation of every single park and county, mm-hmm. but we should educate them and say, hey, check Local, your local Locally, legis- yeah. Yes, thank you, Lou. Yeah. Local legislation, let them tell you where and where you can't ride this bicycle. Right. But right. do yourself a favor and ask. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Lou, you think a lot like me, man. The more and more we do these <laughs> podcasts, you're, you're busting top five permanently. Yeah, so speaking of that, what, what's going on, Mike? You got you got some something on the works or what? So, you know, the top five thing, is it's funny. I have a lot of top fivers. And yeah, way, what like more than like two hundred top fivers? But Lewis, <laughs> probably more than two hundred <laughs> yeah. top fivers. It's simple to explain. <laughs> I'm not even in his top five, and he has more than two hundred. That's pretty sad. <laughs> we got, we got. A, I'm going to work on poster child of the year, but that's a separate one. But the top fiver thing, it's it's simple. We have categories. Yeah. Okay, your top five gangster beard. Okay. Brandon Gritter's top five for ginger. Okay. I mean, I can have categories, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Matt Ford's top five for dropper seat post. <laughs> Brother B's top five for life. He's a godfather, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, you know, I create my own categories. Okay. Top five Brat. Brent's number one, dude. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, I guess I didn't make top five then. You did, of course. You know, top, top uh, you, you know, grab one, one percenter, dude. One percenter. There <laughs> it is. So I think, um, you know, I'm having fun with, you know, the Instagram photos and, you know, calling people out and writing little stories. And I got some great stories, but I was just bouncing around. I'm. Kind of started this thing with Mike Russell. You know, uh, he's going to do the, the hard man. And Mike gives a lot back to the community. He runs the Freak Show Aloha team. We're, we're family. We're brothers. We are, you know, good friends. And mm-hmm. he's like me. He loves bikes. And just a good human. And so that was kind of the joke. So I started thinking about it. And a couple of other guys have got some bikes. So I'm like, hey, the poster child contest. So I think I'm going to do is kind of create like a poster child contest at the end of the year. And 
figure out a way to vote and put people's photos up. And whoever is poster child will figure it out. We'll give them something, a jersey, or I don't know, put their picture up on my wall. And okay. Just have fun with it, you know? I like it. You're I a like candidate. It. We'll have to figure it out, poster child for something. But I could, I, you're a candidate, Lou. <laughs> You know, get off that Norco, get on a giant or something, come see me. You know? I, I, I gotta see I gotta save my money. You're a free agent, bro. You know, you're not tired to anybody anymore. No, you know you know, you, you know what? Uh um yeah, so yeah, I was racing manager for the path for like, you know, three plus years and you know, and then I, I decided to, to become, you know, events promoter. Correct. And uh I like I like that better because sure. uh, you know, as a free agent, you know, free agent, right, quote unquote. I mean I you know, now it's about the second community in general. Right. Right, not just one shop, it's all the shops. You know, and, and rising uh, tide raises all yeah, boats. Yeah, you know, you know, and and uh, Mike Mike said he's going to be at the Leisure Bruce October twelfth, Cook's Corner. I'm in. So uh, you you're gonna you're gonna bring some demo bikes? We're, we're gonna absolutely. Sit, yeah, well, what do you bring? Ibis Giant and Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. I already got it worked out, dude. All right, all right. I, I know Mark's going to be there too. Uh, absolutely. You know, he'll have a you know a good sized fleet there, and I know uh, I know my boy brother brother B. He's going to yep, be there giving yep. out free product. Yep, SSB is going to be there. I'm not talking about to clean the bikes. We, we might we might even have a. Uh, uh, the guys from um, um, the racing uh, racing roastery uh, do a special uh, Luzion Brews blend. Nice. So um, yeah, we're excited for that. That's good. That's we're, cool. exci- we're excited that you're going to be yeah. part of it, it too. It's full circle. We started off talking about community and giving back and supporting the people that support the community. Yeah. And, and we're going to close in the same area, Lou. That's right. That's how you do it, Mike. Where can people find information on you and Fullerton Bikes and Buena Park Bikes? So, obviously, social media. You know, I have, I have a website, FullertonBicycle.com, BuenaParkBicycle.com. They're both the same. Um, obviously, our Instagram feed, uh, FB Bicycles, Buena Park Bicycles. That's pretty much our primary feed. You know, uh, Facebook, we're out there as well. Most of my Facebook stuff goes underneath my personal. It's because that's what I started with. Mm-hmm. But I do have a business page, Fullerton Bicycles, Buena Park Bicycles. Myself, I don't, I don't expose. I'm not afraid to expose who I am. It's Mike Franzi on Facebook. And most stuff I post there is all positive. Mm-hmm. It's all about bikes, my faith, the community, the fellowship. Yeah. I don't do negative politics or negative stuff. I want to keep it positive because life mm-hmm. life's short, dude. It is. Brent? Instagram is proud. I have Facebook, too. I use Facebook sometimes. <laughs> or is, is Well, you can link Instagram and Facebook together. I try. I, for some, I think it's because I have multiple Instagrams. I'm, I, I run the Boyne Park one, so okay. I think when I try and link them, it, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super tech savvy, so... Come, dude, come I know. On. I know. Whoa, whoa. I'm not your typical millennial. That's a good thing, Lou. Leave no, me alone. It's not because I grew up riding bikes. It, no, no. Well, hold on, hold on. But you're you're going to be taking over your dad's business and social I media. Should learn to be a little tech savvy. You're right. You, you have to. You have to be posting it, yeah. stuff like your dad. Your dad's like it's like the the, the roles are reversed. <laughs> yes. Your dad's always on social media. And it's is. huge because you need to have that influence on social media because it reaches so many people and it's free. Yep. I, I think uh, Instagram, Facebook, they they do more of an impact than than websites. They do. Oh yeah, definitely. So well, that's you, changed you, everything. You as as Buena Park should be should be doing more of what your dad's doing. Social media is huge. There's certain there's certain times, certain days when you're when it's peak. Yeah, you know, like, and you got you got to do your homework. Typically, is a peak peak yeah. time. Yeah, Wednesdays, Wednesdays nine o'clock or something like that. So yeah. you got you got to do your homework because people see that. You start hashtagging, sure. You know, giant bikes, or whatever, and you know, and all of a sudden, how you never know what you can get some sales out of a, a, a simple post. Yeah, you totally. That's one thing. That's why he's having me run the Boyne Park Instagram to learn. Like okay. social media is is a has a big impact on businesses. And so when was the last time you posted? Yes, I think I posted yesterday. I did. You think I did, you posted I did, yesterday? I did all the hashtags. Boyne Park. Go. Oh, you can look it up. Boyne Park and Boy, BP Bicycles. I think I made a post because we got some new windows, so I put up a little picture of a. 
He did. I'll give him credit. I did, I did the hashtags. I did the, the all proper hashtags. I didn't post it at the proper time. I just posted it up oh, middle of the day. Man. But, but. So that's funny that, you know, today, I mean, I can remember when I bought the store, I used to do these penny saver ads. And uh. literally, we would cut, we would like type stuff out on the computer the best that we could. We'd cut it out and paste it. And then they'd make copies of that flyer and white out, you know, and we'd pay three or $4,000 to get it to 25,000 local residents. Uh-huh. I mean, now, now all you got to do is, you know, pay 80 bucks for a week, whatever it is, uh, uh, for, you know, we can do business. Uh, you Instagram know, ads, right? Inst- Instagram ads, yeah. yeah. You can do, uh, I, I don't know if it's, I got to do some research on it, but I, I know it's either Facebook. You do Facebook and it goes to Instagram or Instagram, Instagram goes to Facebook. Facebook. They both yeah. work together. Yeah, they work together. So they you can, so you, you, you pay yeah. one, but it advertises for both yeah. of them. And they can monitor it with the technology, though. Yeah. You can set it limits. Oh, yeah. So after it reaches yeah, 5,000 Brent's got Brent, to do some homework on that, yeah, man. i got to do some homework on it. But it's, oh, you know what? it's good for the industry. Just show your son how to do it. I'll give him a few pointers. Give him a few pointers on this youngster over here. I'll tell you what, Brent. Come on, Brent. Come on, man. You give me a few pointers on how to win over the hump. I'll give you a few pointers on how to do that social media Cheating. Cheating? Cheating. Cheating, that's how you win. We're not buying followers, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, there's a lot of people do that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, both of you guys, for coming to the studio, talking story, getting to know more about the business aspect of bicycles and how important now your son's going to take, you know, Eventually take over over your the business, and then you can go and and uh, travel the world on a bike or something. I don't know. Take more vacation time. He's gonna yeah. need to help me run. It is what's gonna happen. So oh I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. From home though. From home. Yeah. From from, home. from, from Starbucks or on the beach. You know. Yeah. So. Hey, Luth. Shout out to you for always uh, what yeah, you do to the community. Luke. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean. It's fun. It's awesome, and I'm glad that you know. Obviously, you're uh, you know you got a family, you got a full time job, but you spend a lot of time doing uh, extra stuff. The Ensenada Bike Fest. I know you're not getting rich off it, but you're just you like Brother I, B. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make any money on the on, on the you, event. You lost money, but you know what? You're you're, <laughs> you're you're giving back to the community, and yeah. you get a reward through that. And, yeah, uh, for sure. You know you're paying dividends right now, but even if you never make money, your uh, what you do is very appreciative. Because mm-hmm. I've talked to a few people that have done it and have been a part of it with you, and uh, you're you're a well respected human for doing it. So hats thank off you. to you for giving thank back to the guys. community. Thank you, Lou. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another bit episode of Beyond the Bike. Big Lou out.